0: 15-21. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, if you love me you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, O Christ. You may be seated. Today's Gospel reading is continuing the conversation Jesus is having with his disciples from last week. Last week we did the first half of chapter 14, and now we're doing the second. We focused on trust. Jesus was teaching his followers to trust in God and to trust in him. And similarly, last week Jesus had a short dialogue about his relationship with God the Father. And if you remember, last week Jesus' followers kept asking him to show them the way to show them God the Father. And first, Jesus tells him that he is in fact the way, and then he begins this conversation about his relationship with God. In verse 10, Jesus says, Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I say to you don't come from me. The Father lives in me, and he is doing his own work. And then this week, Jesus elaborates even more on this relationship, and also adds the Spirit. Like Jesus is in God the Father, and God the Divine Parent is in Jesus, so too the Spirit is in you. Jesus says, you know him because he abides in you, and he will be in you. And then Jesus continues in verse 20, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you, and are we confused yet? <laughs> When reading these passages from John, I start to wonder if we need a Venn diagram to figure out exactly what's going on here. Flowchart. Flowchart would be nice, yes. What is Jesus trying to say in John's Gospel? All this back and forth that Jesus describes about being in God and God being in him and also the Spirit, it can be really confusing to try to make sense of it all. And we don't like things to be confusing, at least I don't. I think I hate confusion because as many of you know, I am sort of hyper-organized, and I prefer organization over confusion whenever I can help it. And it's really hard to be confused over what to do next when you have a very organized to-do list ready and waiting for you. You won't get confused over where to go when there are properly placed signs just right in front of your face. Even this last week when we joined with some of the other churches in town for a potluck and creating care packages for those experiencing homelessness, I was grateful that the pastor at Gloria Day, Melinda, organized in such a way that I walked in feeling completely relaxed, that there was not going to be any confusion. When we were creating these care packages, she took us around a tour of the room and showed us that she even put post-it notes at each, each station one toothbrush for one bag, two pairs of socks. All of the anxiety I thought I was about to feel disappeared. And I think that that anxiety is why confusion can be so uncomfortable for us. It makes us feel anxious, like we should know something that we don't. It can cause us to worry about our own capabilities, or just worry in general. Will we look foolish for being confused? Is this something that we should understand right away? And How much Googling can we really do before we get it? I know over the last seven weeks or so since Hadley was born, I have used Google far more than I would like to admit. The confusion around bringing a new life into our family has been very humbling. I've been Googling what to do if your baby won't burp, what to do if your baby burps too much, what's the best way to get spit up out of clothing. (laughs) It's an ongoing process of confusion, of anxiety, and of worry. But sometimes sometimes it's important to lean into the confusion just a little bit. And that's how I feel about this Venn diagram flowchart needing confusion that Jesus gives us here in John when he describes the relationship between the Spirit, the Son, and the Father. As Jesus describes the Trinity, he leaves space for confusion, for mystery. And when we began last week's reading in our Small Seeds Saturday youth group, we started having a conversation about what it meant that Jesus was the Son of God, but also God. And one of our kids piped up and said, you know, it's weird and confusing and cool. And this huge smile came across my face because, man, that would have saved me a lot of time in seminary if someone had (laughs) just told me that sooner. Because how to best explain the Trinity? It's weird and confusing And cool. We lean into the confusion of this three in one God, and in the middle of all of this, Jesus gives us a key understanding of the Trinity. The way Jesus talks about God, the Divine Parent, and the Spirit, and Himself, is a language of relationship. Jesus uses words like abide, in, and be with. We have these three persons in the Trinity, and what makes them one, what makes these three persons into one God, is relationship. Our God is a God made of relationship, of interconnection. The Trinity, God, is made of love. And the truth is, to try to explain the Trinity, to try to explain God in more than just those words, can never really be a complete picture. People try to simplify the Trinity into different parts of an apple or different forms of water, but sometimes they miss the point. It's meant to be sort of confusing, it's meant to be kind of weird, and in its mystery, as we grapple with trying to comprehend the incomprehensible, we can see just how cool it is that God at the Trinity is pure relationship, that God really is love, and how cool it is that this incredible God is reaching out to us to invite us into relationship. Amen. Jesus has been leaning into the confusion of his relationship with God and the Spirit And in our text today, Jesus includes the disciples, includes us in this relationship as well. And Jesus continues to say, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Which might sound a bit odd at first, but if you remember, the commandments that Jesus gives his disciples are the two greatest commandments. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. It's all about love, it's all about relationship, it's about your hearts being opened, your mind being opened, your soul being open to the love that you receive from God, and being able to share that with others. Jesus starts with this because, as Jesus has alluded to, the interconnection between himself, God, and the Spirit, he makes a new promise to include us in this relationship with the Spirit. Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. You know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. This same language that Jesus uses to describe his relationship with God is the language he uses to describe our relationship with the Holy Spirit. We are given the Spirit, an advocate, a guide, a teacher, a friend, to be with us, to be in us, because Jesus has some other pressing work to do. The disciples don't know it yet but this is part of Jesus saying goodbye to them in the Gospel of John because Jesus knows what's coming and when Jesus leaves his disciples when he's arrested and taken away Jesus will find himself on the cross because of God's love dying for the sins of the world because of God's love for us Jesus dies to save us from all of our sin and brokenness and confusion and he rises from the dead to bring us into relationship He lives to bring us new life. Jesus invites us into the mission of love and mercy. Jesus does all of this and is still, still thinking about his disciples being afraid without him right there to guide them. And so Jesus promises them the Holy Spirit, promises us the Holy Spirit to guide us, to advocate for us, to include us in this relationship of love, in this complex Venn diagram of relationship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and us, children of God, people of the world, called by the story of Jesus, called into relationship with our Lord, and called in this love to share this love, to keep the commandments Jesus gives us, to participate in love with God and with our neighbor. It's weird and confusing and incredibly cool. Thanks be to God. Amen.